0: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by our Miami Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald, Susan Miller-Degnan. Susan, it's springtime. Spring has sprung, sort of.
1: Spring has sprung, and I feel invigorated, just like the caves.
0: Yeah, it's uh, definitely um, good vibes around Miami practice the first two days. I uh, Be kicked off the spring on Monday, practiced again on Wednesday. We were out there both days. They'll also practice Friday. So, by the time most of you are listening to this, they probably will have already practiced, and there will be a little bit more info on MiamiHerald.com and all, all those good places where you find hurricanes news. Um, but we're recording this obviously uh, Thursday uh, afternoon before we put in our episode on Friday morning. And, um, you know, like you said, good vibes all around at, at Miami practice from the first two days. And I think. You know, we're kind of it's gonna be kind of a loose freewheeling episode here, just kind of touch on a bunch of different topics, everything we've kind of picked up from those first uh two days. Maybe we'll break down what we've seen from the roster, but I think the biggest takeaways from the first two days is just like you said, kind of those vibes, that attitude, um, obviously a lot of optimism. Like, you know, it's the honeymoon period, obviously. You know, you could you could say it about you know, every new coach that there's some, some good energy, basically, those first couple of practices. Um, but Obviously also like some different, some very noticeable differences and, you know, more noticeable differences, obviously, than when Miami went from Mark Rick to Manny Diaz because, um, you know, Manny was running half of that practice uh, with Mark Rick. And I don't know, just what were kind of your biggest takeaways from, from the first two days of, of watching them run around and, and the way that these practices are being run with, with Mario Cristobal? Uh, lively. Yeah um
1: right uh very lively um which which we expected um the the coaches aren't i they're definitely not into like what you think of them you know what the media during our media viewing the first two times the first two days out we had um like 35 minutes of first Mm -hmm. and then the last 20 minutes something like that which is a lot of course just in shorts or whatever not much but um they they didn't they didn't they weren't trying to put on a show for us at all they 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 were very into um teaching i you know i noticed that their the instructional level was high the individual instruction um which again we we thought you know was going to happen uh and uh, you know they were taking the side guys and and really talking to them and showing them things not I don't think like, I mean, if they yelled, it was just to like instruction, you know, not to be necessarily critical, mm-hmm. it has to be critical, but not to put on a show kind of thing, you know, not to scare them just to, right. to help them. And so that I really, I really noticed that a lot. Um, there were some different drills, right? That, that drill where they run, I don't remember that where the receivers were running under that how would you describe it uh,
0: there's gotta be some technical name for it but like a little canopy that forces you to bend down way you know when you run way like they're like running curls underneath it basically and like it forces you to really bend your hips and and be explosive coming out of the brakes and not not just not just them running it but josh gaddis like running the drill right like he's very much like he does it and then they do it
1: yeah exactly so that there were there were different things like that uh the quarterbacks coach, coach Ponce was really doing a lot of instruction um, for all the guys, I think. And um, Cristobal running around, you know, yeah. the, all the different places. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, it seemed good, you know, for two, for two right, sessions. Yeah, there's
0: only so much you can glean. Um, the, uh, you, you touched on Frank Potts and, and uh, it was an interesting thing that Josh Gaddis brought up uh, Wednesday when we talked to him is, And obviously, he's had this situation at Michigan, too, where he's, you know, Miami, the last two quarterbacks, coaches have doubled as offensive coordinator. Um, And obviously, at Michigan, where Josh Gattis has typically been a wide receivers coach in addition to his OC responsibilities. Um, He said he he likes that that splitting of duties there where he's the offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach. It's not official on his title, but obviously he is if you watch practice. Um, and then he's got Frank Ponce, who is will be involved with game planning, obviously, but he's the quarterbacks coach like he does not, you know, Brett Lashley um, and Danny knows when they were the quarterbacks coaches, they were working with the quarterbacks. But they also had to run the whole offensive side of practice. And, um, you know, that's obviously not the case with Frank Ponce, who can really like spend the whole time just in his quarterback's ears and, and worrying specifically about them more than uh, the bigger picture. Like I said, it's all obviously going to be collaborative, but at least during practice, um, it'll be interesting to see how that extra little bit of uh, instruction, you you mentioned it's all teaching instruction and that, that definitely plays into it. um, Especially with the young, you know, Tyler Van Dyke, not that he's a finished product by any means, but obviously he's, he's far along in his development. Um, But you have to think it's going to be really beneficial for a guy like Jakari Brown, um, even Jake Garcia, who, you know, is, had i don't know like less than 40 50 college practices between spring and last fall and probably not even close to that actually um because of how much time he missed last year with his ankle injury so you know those young guys i think are really going to benefit from it to me the biggest thing that stands out not just keep harping on the coaches is well just how many of them there are and uh you literally just posted a story about jason taylor being around the program uh this year now hired i guess we don't know his official title but basically like an analyst and um
1: pass rush pass rush he was out there on
0: monday and was basically when we saw just standing around the defensive line so um you know they've got two three coaches at at every station basically and and that's obviously a a lot different than last year where it was usually a position coach and one ga and, and maybe in you know maybe a couple spots they would have like an extra guy helping out, like whether it's, you know, Ed Pata who was in the recruiting office, but I think was also helped out with the offensive lineman. And it's clearly doing that now. Um, you know, you look at, like I said, defensive line, you've got broad um, Wright over there. You've got uh, Joe Salvea, obviously. Um got Jason Taylor so I, on Wednesday, Todd Stroud was over there who um, I don't know what his title is going to be now. He was like assistant to the head coach, Rafe Senior advisor or something like that with Manny Diaz, but obviously um, was Miami's defensive line coach at one point. You look in the secondary and they've got, um, you know, obviously Jamila Day over there with Demarcus Van Dyke, um, who's has some off field role now. Again, none of these titles are really official for any of these guys. Um, Ed Reed was out there on Wednesday. So obviously he's over there. Roland Smith, who just got hired um, from central played DB at Miami. He's over there sometimes like every position they've got two, three, four bodies uh, who can hop in and give some instruction. And, and most importantly um, it, well, one, it lets everyone, like you said, individualized instruction. Like, you know, it's like one of the things when you're looking at colleges, right. The the teacher to uh student ratio people like those small classes it kind of yeah. stimulates that um and then obviously as as uh mario christopher said on monday like it's just that brain trust right of every you know how many different opinions are in the room now and um i can't remember if you said it on the podcast last week or if we just were talking about it off the air when you're like is it too many cooks in the kitchen um and obviously that could be a concern but you know at the same time like if you can manage it all having as many opinions as possible is obviously beneficial
1: yeah i mean and and the opinions
0: i I, like they're really good opinions
1: (laughs) yeah exactly but as we get towards the season uh, as far as what they actually implement and stuff that maybe that's those opinions are more important maybe I, i because um as long as they're teaching them these are really talented teachers like or were talented players. Yeah, I mean, talented- Jason
0: Taylor was a great defensive line coach and defensive coordinator at St. Thomas Aquinas. So, like, obviously he's going to get a lot of attention for what he was as a player, um, but he's also, like, is a rising star in the coaching right? So, just based on my uh, experience. And
1: definitely, and let me tell you, and Ed Reed, I mean, I know he's not during the season an on-field coach, but I, there's nobody better to me. I mean, that guy was and he's so. He's been a coach
0: too, right? He, he coached in Buffalo for a little bit. He wasn't he like I, an assistant DBs coach or something? Oh, I'm pulling it up. Bam. Oh,
1: he was. Yeah, he was. He absolutely. But
0: I don't. Yeah. Assistant don't, DBs coach for one year in Buffalo.
1: Wow. That you know what? Yeah. I, I remember interviewing him when he was wearing the bills hat, but he, um, he's so smart, David. I mean, he is so smart. God, he has such great instincts, but one thing we haven't brought up and, and this will be something that I definitely people will examine closer as we get towards the season and probably right about is uh, Tyler Van Dyke. I, you know, he's, he's still, he's still young too. I know it's his third year, but he's still relatively young. And so. He's only
0: started eight games or whatever. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My question is you just have to wonder, and you know, the staff's talking about this, how, far do they go in changing a good thing or in do you understand i mean yeah in something that maybe they think his techniques maybe not really maybe he could be better if he changes it you know that age-old thing right at first when you do something new maybe you regress a little i'm just wondering yeah i mean
0: it's interesting you're right because he's an unorthodox i mean this is something brett lashley talked about all the time is he's like an unorthodox thrower he throws very sidearm a lot um his like form is not anywhere close to perfect and obviously that's like you see more and more quarterbacks um you know Patrick Mahomes like obviously the best quarterback in the league throws sidearm all the time like exactly the the fundamentals the technique all that stuff and I remember it was like a thing that read last year was like I'm we're not like that's not what we worry his upper body. We don't worry about, you know, footwork obviously can always be better. And, and remember that he said, that's basically what yes. the difference was with those first couple of games. He had like those happy feet. And then once he got comfortable right. know, that kind of thing. Um, so you're right. I mean, it'll be interesting if Frank Ponce like, is like, let's try to fix your mechanics. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I
1: don't, I don't know about that. I'm sure that I have- can't,
0: I don't think they will, but you're right. It is like, it's a new coaching staff and it's, you know, I asked Tyler about it. This is a, a slightly different topic, but the same idea. I asked Tyler about it on Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Like how much you guys, your offense was awesome. Their offense is awesome by the end of last year. Like how much are they going to, and on paper, Josh Gaddis ran the ball a ton last year. Rhett Lashley threw the ball a ton. On paper, they're they're different guys. How much are they going to try to build off of what they did last year and how much is, is starting again from ground zero? And, you know, it, it's hard to get a sense of that right now. And And Tyler said they've talked about it, but. Um, you know, we, we obviously won't have an idea of what it's going to look like until at least probably the spring game, when we get to really see them go in something like live action,
1: unless we get yeah. accurate these
0: Yeah. He said
1: that he, he, he said that Tyler said that, uh, what, 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 what we, he said, what well, we did well last year, uh, he's going to try to implement that. That's exactly yeah. what he said. They're not, you know, um, but anyway, I should say
0: Gattis obviously was a run heavy guy at Michigan um, right. but when he was in Alabama. And he was, I don't think the primary play caller there, but he was co-OC they threw the ball a ton with Tua and all those wide receivers. So like, um, you know, He—he. Yeah. He, 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 it's a cliche and it's basically what he said on Wednesday is like, I worry about what my personnel does and adjust to that, but he does have a track record of doing that too.
1: I still want to know if, um, if they're if they're gonna huddle, you know, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Do any no huddle, or they're gonna mix it up. He's not. He's not really saying. I mean, Gaddis is yeah. not saying a specific thing to us. That's it. So yeah, nothing. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna. I uh, it's gonna be slower than Rhett Lashley's offense, I'm sure, just because Rhett Lashley, you know, is one of the fastest tempo guys in the country, but. Yeah, it'll be, it's going to be really interesting. And it basically, you know, what, from what these, we've only heard from Mario Cristobal and, and Josh Gaddis so far, but both of them are kind of like, it sounds like still in a pretty big evaluation phase of, of figuring out exactly what they have. Um, maybe there's a good, a good chance to like pivot to the, the, our impressions of the roster, but like. You know, they're pretty solid at quarterback with Tyler Van Dyke and, and Jake Garcia sticking around. I guess we should talk about the quarterback room, too. And Jakari Brown looks pretty impressive through a couple of practices. Um, you know, tight end, which you wrote about on Wednesday. They're in really good shape with Will Mallory and Elijah Arroyo on defense. They, they got a lot of depth in the secondary, specifically at safety. Um They've got, I think, some a really good uh, interior defensive line potentially with Jordan Mill or with um, yeah Jordan Miller, Leonard Taylor, and Jared Harrison Hunt, Jake Lichten. You know they got a lot of bodies there. The O line, I think, you know, a lot of guys with experience there, especially if, if John Campbell and, and Jalen Rivers come back healthy. Running back, we kind of know what they have, but there's still a lot of positions on this team where like I have no idea who the starting wide receivers are going to be. There could be like six different guys. We talked about that last week. Romello Brinson was a guy who I thought had a chance to step up this spring. He's hurt, won't play. Kobe um, oh, George is, looks like he's gone. Yeah, linebacker, um, you know, who knows what that position's going to look like. Um, you know, Gilbert Fryerson, who's listed on the roster as a linebacker, was practicing with the cornerbacks on Wednesday. So, like, it, right. definitely still, you know, they have – I'm sure if, if you asked – if you gave Mario truth serum and told him to fill out a depth chart, um, he'd have, like – Ten to fifteen guys that he knows are starters, but then that other like five to ten spots are probably in very light pencil. Like there's there's a lot I think of of moving pieces still. And yeah, because so many guys are.
1: Yeah, because so so many guys are out.
0: Well, yeah, that's part of it too. But even like you know,
1: so he but he's new, and so many guys are out, so it's not get to see him.
0: Yeah, but even so, like there's just like I think there's just some. Positions where there's huge question marks at starting, you know, they're trying to replace, as we said last week, two of the best wide receivers in program history with Mike Harley and Charleston Rambo leaving. Um, you know, they're trying to find new defensive ends. Like there's a lot of, a lot of spots where like, you know, and it happens in college football where you think you're not good at this position, but that's what happens because young guys get better and step up. But they're, they've got that got that at a lot of positions this year where it's, um, They're just looking for the top guys, right? They they got some depth at certain spots and they've got some top end talent at certain spots, but that it's not a complete roster yet. And Mario Cristobal is like pretty open about that on Monday where he's like, we just don't have a lot of depth. And again, part of that's because of the injuries they're dealing with, but just across the roster there, there's still holes that they got to figure out how to fill. I uh, touched on it a, a second ago, the quarterback spot, obviously, Tyler Van Dyke. Um, still going to be the starter probably, but it was interesting that on day one, they uh, had both Tyler Van Dyke and Jake Garcia talk to us. Um, yes. what, what, did you, Crystal, sure. what did you make of that? Not to blow this too far out of proportion, but uh, it was definitely interesting where I, I think everyone is approaching it. Like Tyler Van Dyke is the starting quarterback, obviously. I think even, Jake is doing that right now. Like he knows if the season started today, he'd be the backup. But um, it was interesting, again, that the, the Jake is clearly still pretty high in the minds of, of these coaches and this program.
1: Yeah. Uh, what I make of it is uh, Jake's important yeah. to the program. And they want him to – they want Jake to know he's important to the program. And, uh, and he is. <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, We've just seen too many quarterbacks get injured and, um, you know, and he's good and he's really good. So, um, I mean, I, 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 I I don't think there's a doubt unless something happens to Tyler and, you know, unless he gets injured, obviously Tyler's a starter. Um, But Jake is a smart dude and he knows that he, you know, he is, God, I talk about cliches, but he's one whatever away, one yeah. play away. And, and he's, and he, again, he, he's good and there's no, yeah. I mean, I guess he was asked about, uh, why he stayed with the program or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and, but it, of course, I mean, mm-hmm. I, in this day and age, I mean, I know a lot of kids leave, but, yeah. you, but it makes, it, to me, it would make absolutely no sense That's all. So um, he's a, he's a competitor. He has a great attitude. Um, And for the 10th time, he's really talented. So, uh, and this is only his, I mean, Tyler, who knows what's going to happen this season, but he could could turn pro.
0: Right.
1: Uh, Okay. Easily. And then Jake steps right in. So, uh, and then you got Jakari. I mean, it's, it's a good problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They, they, that's one of the, the, biggest positives of the Manny Diaz, Rhett Lashley era was they totally rebuilt the quarterback position where now they've got um, a situation where you got Tyler for a year and maybe you got Jake for a year or two and then you go to Jakari Brown and then you know I'm sure they'll land a good quarterback this year they've got that that pipeline going what going again the way that that you want your college football team to um, yeah you know Jake is uh, he when, when asked about you know what made him want to stay. He he talked about the competition. I think that, you know, it's again, cliches, 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 but that's what happens the first days of a new coaching (laughs) regime. (laughs) But you know, Mario is emphasizing competition and, and like, obviously every coach emphasizes competition, but like Mario's cutthroat, right? Like that's like, there's no secret about that. Like he is, he's bringing that to the table and, and clearly that's the message he's trying to get across It's like the, what every former hurricane talks about, right? Those days on green tree are tougher than the games and all that stuff. Um, And, you you know, (laughs) Jake is clearly kind of bought into that vision. Right. And I think it helps his parents move down to Miami when he came down here. Um, So he's in a good spot. He's in in a good spot. Nice
1: little little salary.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's the, the, the uh, implicit part of all this that he didn't mention, but. You know, at the same time, he could have gone somewhere. You know, if he transferred to Nebraska, where his dad played, would he be a starting quarterback in the fall? There's probably a pretty good chance. Um, But at the same time, like you said, it's not a bad spot to be the backup quarterback at Miami. For You know, if Tyler decides to come back, if he's awesome again, and for whatever reasons decide to come back for one more year, then are we going to be – Seeing Jake transfer, maybe, but for now, I think he's in a good spot where, especially coming off an injury, like it's not like he, right, like right. has clearly set himself up to be a, the next quarterback. I think he, at Miami he is, but it's not like he's, it's not like when Justin, right. it's not like when Justin wonderful... Fields transferred after one year at Georgia. Um, but again, right. totally fair question to ask, and you know, I think it was. You know, it got a good answer out of Jake, one. And um, two, it's just the way college football is now. Quarterbacks transfer all the time. Everyone transfers all the time, but especially quarterbacks because only one of them can be on the field.
1: Yeah, he, and, and you know, he's only he's only played in one game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And he was very funny talking about um, the game that he got hurt in. Oh, my God, the incident. Uh, where he got hurt. He called it the incident uh, on that 45-yard run, his first and only college carry so far. Um, and he thought his ankle was broken, but he decided to stay in the game because he hadn't thrown a touchdown yet. And yeah, it was he great. A couple in the second half, and then um, he
1: throws two touchdowns, right? With yeah, it was two roommates,
0: 20. right? Two I, roommates.
1: Yeah, exactly. Just, just crazy. He has such charisma. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he has, he really does have it all. He does. Yeah. So, um, night, he's so far so good.
0: Uh, Any other uh, takeaways from, from just like looking at the roster, watching practice, talking to guys the the last couple of days. Um, We obviously we talked to Gilbert Frierson also on Monday um, as well as Jafar Harvey. uh, And then the tight ends, Will Mallory, Elijah Arroyo on Wednesday plus offensive lineman Zion Nelson.
1: Yeah. I, I, I get it. And this kind of goes into what we were saying about the coaching and stuff, but they, they talked a lot will mallory uh, you know all of them actually about how physical huh, how much they're moving around how much they don't stop
0: yeah they go yeah that, that's the, something we talked about uh, you can feel that energy a little bit yeah. that there's not a lot yeah, of but they all, what we're saying yeah
1: yeah it, exactly and that also the specific things they were doing uh were uh well they talk about the off-season right the off-season program were maybe a mm-hmm. little more uh pointed to football what they'll be doing on the football field um and um uh every every yeah oh that was yeah that was zion yeah uh, everything is is purposeful is that is that purposeful was that your word That was
0: my word i said yes yeah
1: oh, that's right. what we we're talking about uh anyway um just um yeah they the kids seem very pleased they they seem they said they were in, well will mallory said he was in great shape and that he noticed that even though it was faster and or and they were going going non-stop he still felt like he had a lot of energy at the end of practice so
0: yeah yeah i, I try not to get too hyped up about uh off-season conditioning programs because everyone <laughs> every is the best of players I've ever been in but um you know, Feld has that reputation, you know, he came uh, with a reputation and a mustache that have both lived up to the hype so far.
1: Yeah. But wait, 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 we get to the ACC media days, right. In the fall, this, this team is different. It's different from every other team. It's closer. It's, I don't know. We hang around each other yeah. a lot. The culture is stronger. Uh You know, I I hear that every year. Honestly, they do. They say that every, why is this team different? We're closer. We're, I don't know, we bought in more. And so whatever.
0: Yeah. And especially with that honeymoon period with the new coach. um, I'm excited to get to talk to Aaron Feld at some point. Um, Because those days when we got to talk to David Feely were always some of the most fun uh, interview sessions we had. And um, I think Aaron Feld has that same uh, personality and maybe even up a up a notch or two. So, um, that, you know, David Feely
1: was pretty hyped up. I, he was. I, David Feely was pretty hyped up, and oh, you know, I'm I'm a big David Feely fan, yeah. actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have that whole group that wound up at Duke. That was a a nice little group they had. Um, the as far as just other observations from the roster, like I said, I think there's there's still some. Pretty glaring holes. Like I said, they need to find that number one wide receiver. A lot of uh, positive buzz around Frank Ladson off of the first couple days. Who obviously was a five star recruit coming out of South Dade, went to Clemson, now transferred back to Miami. Um, I think the defensive end spot seems like Jafari Harvey's in pretty good shape to start. One of them, maybe Chance Williams at the other. But you know, a lot of it's interesting because Miami obviously was on the forefront of the transfer thing, whatever that was, three four years ago now when they got all those big name <laughs> transfers and they got a lot of transfers this year, but they're not that same level of like, I think we said the same thing, honestly, last year. They're not the same level of like superstar, just pencil them into the starting lineup. Um, but you know, like if Frank, La- if, if someone from that group of Ladson, uh, Lichtenstein, Logan, Sagapolu, um, you know, they've, they've got some guys who could potentially start and I think kind of shape this roster really plug some of the glaring holes but um, it's really, yeah, but really, David, really remember, open competition everywhere.
1: Remember the, fir- the first couple years that you're talking about the transfer stuff? Let's 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 go back. Tate Martell.
0: Well, yeah, it didn't work out.
1: Well, I, yeah, he was a superstar. Tate Martell. Remember? remember the GIF GIFs, whatever they are, that Manny, Manny Diaz, the uh, bat signals? Yeah. Remember those great tweets? I, I mean that didn't work out very well. No, but, but now, they still
0: got Jalen Phillips and Quincy Rochette.
1: Oh no, they got, no 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 they did, but but, but they were also high profile. I mean, quarterback. Oh yeah, a lot of yeah. Derek King, and and Derek King was great.
0: Yeah, you know, Jose so Boregalas, that was a big one. Yeah, you know, they they had a run there where they were they, getting, they were getting yeah. the all American caliber transfers, and that's that's just not the case they right worked. now. But again, like there, it's high upside with a guy like Frank Ladson. It's it's high floor, I think, with a guy like uh, Lichtenstein and Sagapolo, who have experience uh, contributing at you know good programs. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think from you know there's an open there's open spots. I think at on the right side of the offensive line, maybe Sagapolo can take a starting job somewhere there. There's like I said, that number one wide receiver is is wide open. Maybe. Maybe Ladsen puts it together and can compete there. Defensive line, maybe Jake Lichtenstein takes one of those starting lineup spots. Um, you know, running back, who knows what how that's going to shape up. But Henry Parrish, yeah, that's obviously obviously been getting a lot of chances here. Um, with Don Cheney and Jalen Knighton both injured. Um, so yeah, it's it's a lot of i think a lot of question marks. And to me, this Miami, like it's the coastal and it's you know, Miami's talent is still unparalleled basically in the coastal. Um, so, you know, the expectations certainly for year one for Mario are going to be to win the coastal. But to me, it feels like this roster is still a couple steps away. And I, I really get that sense from talking to Kristen Ball and Gaddis the first two days, where Mario was pretty upfront, like, we don't have a lot of depth. And then Gaddis, when asked um, right. what his biggest takeaways from playing in the college football playoffs, Last year, uh, was, <laughs> we got to recruit a lot. We got to recruit and look like Georgia. And um I, I think yeah, this right. year is going to be obviously about trying to win the Coastal and get back to the ACC championship game. But it's also like they got to have that good first impression to keep their recruits coming in.
1: Yeah. And I mean, is I mean, I, like he won the Broyles Award and we, you know, and we were and he was number two right in college football playoff. They were number two, yeah. yeah I think you were two. that game against Georgia in the Orange Bowl. And um
0: and that game was over in like seven minutes.
1: Let me tell you, I I just I mean I kept thinking I kept thinking Michigan's offense stunk. <laughs> I can I am so I hope the coach isn't listening to this, but uh, I mean, so I could see him saying that about, at least it looked that way. we were all looking at each other. Like what?
0: Yeah. What? I, I honestly thought Georgia was going to kill them. So I wasn't surprised, but, um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I still think like, yeah, I mean, you look the first day of practice, they have a lot of recruits out there. Um, they get a pretty big one to commit Antonio trip coming out of uh, McDonough in Owings mills, Maryland. Um and, uh, <laughs> then you get, you know, and I think that's the other, you know, we talk about all these coaches, like you don't think that Jason Taylor helps recruiting, right? Like, you know, they, you know, uh, Antonio oh Tripp, who's from Baltimore, uh, grew up a Ravens fan. You don't think he, uh, the, the prospect of having Ed Reed in the building for him will matter. Like those names, you know, we, we heard Ed Reed has paid dividends as a recruiter already. And, you know, now you add Jason Taylor into that mix locally you've got Roland Smith in that mix like those hires that are huge for on the field stuff are I think Mario when he's making those hires the first thing he's checking off on his list is like can they recruit can they help us recruit and
1: oh my god yeah yeah. can you imagine being a can you imagine being a high school or a a freshman uh at UM uh like a defensive end yeah. Like how excited
0: you would be, especially if you're a Miami guy who grew up watching Jason Taylor. Oh my
1: god, that is so awesome! Yeah, that is, and like I said, Ed Reed, uh, he's so smart.
0: Yeah, we you know so, um, and, uh, and honestly, I haven't talked about it yet, but the, a part of the Jason Taylor thing that I think helps is Miami has not recruited St. Thomas Aquinas well lately, um, really since Mike Harley. Basically, if they had a SGA yeah. kid come in and you know, Avery Huff is on the roster and we're still waiting for him to kind of become a real contributor, but for the most part, they've not recruited St. Thomas Aquine as well. And Jason Taylor will definitely help with that. Cause he's got a lot of respect uh, at that school, obviously as well. Um, I, I guess before we wrap up, should we, should we talk about the new commitment Antonio Tripp, uh four-star offensive lineman? Um, I'll have a story coming for him in the next couple, maybe I'll save it for next week because we don't have practice. So quiet.
1: Good
0: idea. But, Good idea. You know, we're running Monday. <laughs> uh, I talked to him a little bit the other night though. So i can tease a little bit of the conversation and um, you know, the thing that one thing that stands out to me about him is um, he got snaps at all five positions on the offensive line last year in high school, which is pretty cool. Um, Miami likes him as an interior guy. Very cool. um, he said, "The so Mario Cristobal being an offensive lineman stands out, and, and just a big thing about his commitment that that stands out is he's from Baltimore. And who's the last, other than Quincy Roche, who's from Baltimore and transferred from Temple? Like, that's not an area that Miami's like recruiting, right? Like, Maryland. Like, right. you know, they. It's it's just a testament to what Mario Cristobal is going to do in terms of expanding Miami nationally." as a recruiter particularly I think with the offensive line we saw a little bit of it leading up to signing day where they were involved with guys from Washington obviously they got a guy from Alabama um and this is just more of that where Miami's going to be in the mix on these national guys and particularly at offensive line where it's harder to find those guys locally um and Mario has the rep as a national recruiter like I said
1: yeah I mean I it, uh, and the Mario thing, how cool would it be also being an offensive player yeah. and I need now? Are you, I mean, you know you've got a coach who cares about that more than anything in the world, which is really neat. Yeah. Very neat.
0: Yeah, was it Zion, I think, who someone was talking about, it, the idea that there's like...
1: Yeah, like, Zion did. Yep.
0: Yeah, like you've got almost your two, you know, it's different because there's, you know, Mario, as we saw the first two days, really roams around a lot. But, you know, come the season, if they're struggling on the offensive line, you can have – I think at one point in their career, it wasn't like Cristobal a tackles coach and Mirabal a guard centers coach. Like, some point in the year, if you need that, you could kind of put two guys – you know, another thing where I talk about two coaches at every every position. Yeah,
1: but I bet – yeah, he won't even have to announce that. He'll just do it.
0: No, I'm saying, yeah, he would just spend more of practice working with yeah. whoever – DJ scape to be a better right tackle or whatever. If he has to play tackle instead of guard, you know, so. Uh,
1: which he's been playing.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that's a, you know, they're up to three recruits now in the 2023 class. Um, Andy Jean from, from Northwestern. Uh, Lamar Seymour also from Northwestern who uh, I don't expect to stay in the class. Frankly, city um, has not talked with the coaches that much. So obviously he committed with Manny Diaz Uh-oh. as the coach. <laughs> um and now uh Antonio Tripp who by says he's he's locked in he's I mean he's nine months to go and he's not a South Florida guy so other guys will definitely try to jump in on him but if you can get you know how it's been such a struggle for Miami to recruit blue ship offensive linemen and we're here talking on March 10th and they already have one in this class so that's a pretty good starting point
1: I can't I can't even imagine Mario getting somebody some recruit stolen from him I can't imagine
0: how (laughs) he'd get, right? Well, it's it's interesting because, uh, you know, Manny was pretty – at one point during his tenure, he, like, he changed his philosophy, right, where he was like, we're only taking guys who aren't going to flip, basically. And the last year or two, the decommitments were all kind of like Miami stopped recruiting them, right? Um, And, you know – I don't know what Mario's philosophy is, but like you said, like does not feel like he's gonna get a lot of recruits stolen from him.
1: No, I, I think he's gonna stay right on him. So
0: yeah. Yep, anyway. he's uh he's nonstop. At a recruiting camp a couple of weeks ago. I, I was talking to a recruit and he said he had, he woke up the morning of that camp and had a text from Mario Cristobal from four a.m. So um he's uh he's, uh, the, all the stories about him not sleeping, like, that is real. He's definitely a guy who only sleeps, like, three hours a night. Unhealthy. <laughs> it is unhealthy, <laughs> but <laughs> enough Cuban coffee, I guess, will, uh, can, can do no, a temporary solution.
1: Listen, I'm a big coffee drinker. I, I love Cuban coffee. I love any kind of coffee, as long as I grind my own beans and I get special be. I'm like really into it. I have an incredible grinder and I do the whole thing. And uh I don't know. I think if you drink if you drink too much caffeine, I, I have a philosophy that it kind of is kind of like backfires
0: on you. Kind of it can kind cause of, you to crash eventually, right? Yeah. Or you, or you lose focus, it gives you makes you jittery, right? But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eventually eat. it'll probably kill us all. But you have
1: to do uh, the right balance. It's not- <laughs> But on
0: that on that cheery uh, note i guess we can finish things up uh you can follow susan on twitter at miller degnan uh she'll be out of practice on friday uh then they go to spring break next week um so yep. maybe we'll maybe we'll take next week off we'll see what happens um but obviously a, a lot of spring left to go and yep. you know, you the spring game april what is that april 15th april 16th
1: i think it's april 16th Whatever the,
0: yeah april 16th that's the saturday so uh, a lot of spring left to go uh pretty fun first few days good to be out there again um COVID restrictions obviously pretty relaxed at this point uh got to see a lot of practice so uh we'll be back uh either next week or the week after depending on what the news holds and and bring you more of this and um obviously we're gonna we're gonna learn more every day and it's again like I said just really fun to be back out there and like good vibes uh within the program outside of the program hopefully it sticks around but uh for now it's it's nothing but nothing but good times in Coral Gables
1: Good spring times
0: uh like I said you can follow Susan on Twitter at S Miller Degnan she'll be out there on Friday and have just covered constant coverage from you probably through the weekend or whatever um and then you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too Uh, I've also been around practice I won't be there Friday uh, out of town this weekend but uh i'll have the antonio trip story coming sometime next week so uh keep on the lookout for that um and thanks as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys later